Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Watchmen on the Wall is here to bring clarity to the chaos. One of the ways we do that is by providing the best resources to help you and your family grow in your faith. We feature books and DVDs that proclaim the truth. The nation's best prophecy teachers are here. Check out our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Today, through the magic of digital technology, we are going to hear from former host David Weber. He'll be discussing heaven, hell, Satan, angels, and the new heaven and new earth. My dear friends, God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. That was the voice of Dr. David Weber with his signature opening to The Watchman on the Wall. David Weber was the host of this program in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 1990s. He was a pioneer in Christian radio, and under his leadership, the Southwest Radio Church went from a regional program to being heard from coast to coast across America. In addition to being an outstanding broadcaster, David was also a conference speaker, author, and expert on Bible prophecy. David Weber was also one of my heroes in the faith. Growing up, I remember listening to him almost every day. I also read every book that he ever wrote. I guess you could say I was a big fan of David Weber. That is why I was so excited recently when I came across some recordings of Dr. Weber teaching about heaven hell, and angels. As I listened to his teachings, I thought that these timeless messages should be put out again for people to hear. While working on remastering the programs, I realized that putting the messages in a book would be an even better idea. Today, I am excited to announce that Beacon Street Press has just released the book, Heaven and Hell, by David Weber. Normally, when we spotlight a book, we have the author on the program to talk about it. But since David Weber passed away back in 2004, it would seem like it would be impossible to have him on as a guest. However, through the magic of radio, we are going to do just that. The first chapter of Heaven and Hell is titled, The Door to Heaven. Listen to the excitement in David Weber's voice as he discusses that first chapter, The New Heaven, The New Earth and the future glorified bodies of all believers in Jesus Christ. I wonder if you can grasp the full significance of this verse. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. The marvelous and beautiful things of God's heaven, so wonderful we forget about this dusty old earth in which things crumble to decay, and dead things are here. But it will be so wonderful, so breathless, in sight and activity, it will literally occupy all our thoughts. We will not even remember this old world we call planet Earth. It simply will not come into our minds. Can you imagine such tranquility, such peace of mind? There will be no homesickness for the old things of Earth. Such will be the dazzling splendor of this new Earth. And the new heavens that are no longer tarnished by the evil traffic of the prince of the power of the air. The new heavens and new Earth do not come into being until after the battle of Armageddon. Revelation 16, verses 16 and 19. After the millennial reign of Christ. Revelation 20. After the judgment of sinners, the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20. 
after the present earth is burned up, 2 Peter 3, Revelation chapter 21. Scriptures indicate that we will be the same person, having the same soul as we have now, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and our names will be written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and we will have a new glorified body. Praise God. The characteristics of this new body will no doubt bear a relationship to our former body, much the same as the qualities of Christ's resurrection body. The Bible tells us when we accept Christ as Savior and Lord, we too are spiritually a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The new birth, the birth that is from above, is spiritual. And of course, it will make us new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that will be true of us, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and created new in all things, untouched, unmarred by sin, we will truly be new creatures in every respect once we have received our new glorified bodies. In the millennium will be three classes of people. Number one, all the saved of Israel alive. Number two, all the saved of the Gentiles alive at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Number three, the believers who have died before the rapture. These resurrected saints will have positions of responsibility in the millennium, see Matthew 19:28 and Luke 19 verses 12 through 27. They will have resurrected bodies. Living believers will be able to marry and be given in marriage during the millennium after God removes the curse and gives to us once again a beautiful planet. The women will reproduce and have children. I believe they'll have a population explosion as they did in the days of Noah, Genesis 6:1. A population explosion such as we have never seen in our lifetime. These children born in the millennium will be given an opportunity to accept Christ or reject him at the end of the millennium, when Satan is loosed for a little season. Life in the millennium will be one of peace, Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. Happiness, the same scripture reference, Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. In Revelation 20 and verse 3. Long life and health, Isaiah 33, 24 and Isaiah 65, 20. The new heavens and the new earth follow the millennium chronologically as far as we can determine. Thus believers who through acceptance of Christ are now new creatures will be completely fulfilled in all of God's glory in the new heavens and the new earth. We recall the relationship between Christ and his saints is revealed in Christ's high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. His intercession in Gethsemane when he prayed, Father, I will that they also when whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. There will be no need of hospitals, nor will there be pain and sorrow, no heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, cancer, headaches, and nervous tension. It will all be forever gone. We will have a new body, a glorified body, and it will no longer be sin sick. And of course, we know there will be a new Jerusalem. New Jerusalem to be suspended over the earth. We read in Revelation 21 verses 1 and 2, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It is important to remember that this new golden city, Jerusalem, will not be the identical city on this present earth that we know as Jerusalem. We read in Revelation 21.10, And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. 
God is revealing to John that great city, Jerusalem, descending out of the sides of the north, out of heaven. I believe, because of several scriptures, that this new city, Jerusalem, is suspended over the earth as John sees it in the future. Why do I believe that? Simply because the Bible tells us the men of those who are saved shall walk in the light of the new Jerusalem. Today we walk in the light of the sun. It doesn't rest upon the earth. It revolves, what? almost 93 million miles away from this planet. I don't think the New Jerusalem will be that far, but since the Bible also tells us in these catastrophic days the sun and moon will flee away, that the New Jerusalem will go into perhaps geosynchronous orbit, and it will provide light for the earth which the sun has accomplished previous to the end of days. So we suggest the New City Jerusalem is suspended like a great golden chandelier over the earth as John sees it. One of the interesting aspects of these new things is that while God chose to reveal to us in one single verse creation of new heavens and a new earth, there are at least 25 verses which describe in great detail the great city, the Holy Jerusalem. Let's listen now as Dr. Weber tells us about those things that will be in heaven. I hope you've enjoyed the series about heaven, and it will make you feel closer to God and realize the wonderful things God has prepared for them who love Him. Our vocabulary, as Paul tells us, is inadequate to describe all the wonders and beauties and glories that will be heaven. We can't do it justice, we realize that, but we try to give you little glimpses as the Bible speaks. For the scripture foundation today. I want to read in Revelation 21 verse 5 and Revelation 22 the first five verses. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Welcome to your new home. All that we hope for will be realized, and I think much, much more. Have you ever experienced the thrill the first time you walk into your no home? It is an event of happiness and contentment and fulfillment. Over the years, however, that feeling fades away, especially when the roof needs repairing or the furnace needs replacing. But, my dear friends, in heaven, that initial joy will continue throughout all eternity. There will be no disappointments in heaven. And let's examine some characteristics of God's heaven. The temple, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, the tabernacle of God, is with men. Revelation 21, 22 and 21, 3. The sunlight will be dazzling. The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The river that proceeds from the throne of God, a pure river, clear as crystal. This is the river of paradise, with its fountainhead being God and the Lamb, paradise restored, while the streams of earth are polluted. This river of life is pure and clear as crystal. Revelation 22.1 The tree of life that was found in the Garden of Eden before man ever sinned is restored to this beautiful city. Though the midst of the broad way of the city also, and either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve varieties of fruit, yielding each month its fresh crop. My father used to say, 
By the time you'd gotten tired of apples, here comes oranges. By the time you're tired of oranges, pears, or grapefruit, or bananas, or whatever. Twelve manner of fruit, one every month, you can enjoy to the full. And the leaves for the healing of the nations. Fed by pure waters of the crystal river, this tree offers twelve varieties of fruit to satisfy every taste, all of your taste buds, and it is never barren. You may recall in Genesis 2.9 that out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired. But of course, by disobeying God's law, Adam caused sin to enter the world. Now this beautiful tree of life in the New Jerusalem has healing in its leaves, forgiveness to all who believe. And there's no temptation, no more curse. Satan is relegated to some lake of fire and is no longer present, a permanent exile. And the curse has been removed as God promised. Revelation 22.3 And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. No night. Well, we don't understand that, because when we have night, across the world it's daytime. But God is a light, and the light will be supreme, no shadows, no darkness. No need for candles or light bulbs or even sunlight, for the Lord God will be, by his very presence, light supreme and will illuminate this new Jerusalem and the new earth. The city will be as transparent gold. This may be hard to imagine, as nothing on earth can presently duplicate a pure gold, clear and transparent as glass. Yet God showed John in the Revelation a sight of this new city, New Jerusalem, which he could only describe as having streets of gold so clear and transparent that it resembled glass. What a marvelous revelation of our new home. What a marvelous promise. The gates of it shall not be shut at all, by day, nor shall there be any night there. Nothing and no one shall enter in but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So far we've been listening to David teach about heaven. Now listen as he speaks about hell, Armageddon, and Satan's ultimate defeat at the end of the millennium. Hell is a place of eternal suffering. At the end of the millennial period of 1,000 years, many people as numerous as the sands of the sea, will join with Satan in a final revolt against God and his people. This vast, extremely vast army will represent the dregs of civilization still determined that they can achieve a world far better than God in his infinite wisdom. How often in the past has man sought to take things in his own hands and boast of his accomplishments, accomplishments that in reality were possible only because God permitted them, because God is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish. Not even the abundance of the thousand-year millennium period will be good enough for them. And personally, I believe that Jesus Christ will reign a thousand years over the nations of the earth to show man that the only way to deal with sin is through the precious shed blood of Jesus. God will also renovate the earth and the heavens with atomic fire and will cleanse the heavens and the earth because it says, Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. But not even the abundance when the curse is removed for the thousand-year millennium will suffice to make all people believers and subservient to the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Unfortunately, there will be people who will be born during the millennium who will not learn their lesson from the events at the end of the tribulation period when the Antichrist and the false prophet seek to literally annihilate Israel. 
It is at that time that God intervenes and wipes out the combined army of 200 million demons. Revelation 9, leaving a bloodbath that will cover 185 miles of Israel, according to Revelation 14:20. It is at this time that Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire. An angel casts Satan into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and binds him with a great chain. Now Satan is on the march again, apparently, after the thousand years in the bottomless pit, will not reform him at all. Then for a brief season, the divine restraint will be relaxed. One purpose of this is to provide one last and supreme demonstration of the appalling wickedness of the non-believing human heart. Man's heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only God. With all his men more numerous than the sands of the sea, one would think Satan would make some dent in his invasion of the area around Jerusalem. And were it not for God, who is in control, he could and would. But something unusual occurs. God causes a spectacular phenomenon to take place. Here's how the Bible describes it in Revelation 20 and verse 9. Fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. They were decisively and immediately burned up. Just think of it. Multiple thousands, perhaps millions of people in a flashing moment are suddenly consumed by God's fire that comes thundering down from heaven. Dr. Weber said, based on his study of Isaiah chapter 5, that hell will have to be enlarged because so many people will go there. Jesus, who came to save the world, to regenerate mankind by the new birth, talked about hell more than any other individual. You can find it in the New Testament more than 50 times. But I'm going to read in Isaiah chapter 5 what it says about hell. And it says this, Hell will be enlarged because so many people will end up there. Without Christ, according to the Holy Scriptures, that will be your final destination. And it will be unquenchable fire and a place of torment. And according to Job in the 10th chapter, it will be a place without order. In other words, total chaos. And even if there's a little bit of light there, it will be as darkness itself. It will be a place of horror and unspeakable torment and affliction. Everyone should avoid it by believing in Jesus Christ, by accepting him as Savior and Lord, and by coming to God through the blood-bought way of salvation. Now, in Isaiah 5 and verse 14, it says this, a very cryptic statement, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Hell will be enlarged because so many people will end up there. Now that was not God's intention because we read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25 and verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This tells me that God did not prepare hell or the lake of fire for mankind, but if you follow the devil and his angels, that's where you will surely end up. We've been spotlighting the brand new book, Heaven and Hell, by David Weber. Order your copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or order online at swrc.com. Get your very own copy of today's program with David Weber on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144.
Today we're excited to offer David Weber's book entitled Heaven and Hell. In Heaven and Hell, David Weber will explore exactly what happens when you die. Dr. Weber unpacks the answer to that question and takes his readers on an unforgettable journey into the spirit world of good and evil. Heaven and Hell is a biblically-based book that challenges its readers to come face-to-face with two choices, to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. Heaven and Hell by author and broadcasting pioneer Dr. David Weber is an excellent resource that looks into heaven, hell, Satan, angels, and the new heaven and new earth. Order your copy of Heaven and Hell today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Throughout this month, we are focusing on our annual gleanings initiative, a special time of giving focused on how the Lord has blessed you and your family. Here's Dr. Kenneth Hill and staff evangelist Josh Davis with the details. I'm privileged to be joined by Dr. Kenneth Hill, the president of Southwest Radio Ministries. Thank you for taking time to join with me, Dr. Hill, and we're glad to have you with us. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be with you. God laid on my heart the verses from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Salt preserves and salt purifies. And I see the ministry doing both of those things in this world today. As our tagline says, bringing clarity to the chaos. And Dr. Hill, how do you see our ministry functioning as salt in this generation? I see it as the way to clarity is through the truth of Scripture. It's not through my design of some paradigm. It is not my design of a family or my design of a worship service. It's none of that. It is Scripture primarily, and God takes us through the Scripture so that we can be the salt and the light that we need to be, getting back to the salt there. And if we are indeed the salt, as we should be, then we find ourselves being used of God. And I think, in answer to your question, I think that we are salt because we present the truth. Now, as salt is a preservative and removes impurities, The only way that salt will keep a piece of meat from spoiling is for it to enter into that meat and to replace certain chemicals in that meat and to make it so that the salt has taken the place of any impurity. And so the salt comes in and takes the place of the impurity. The impurity is gone, and salt then is there preserving that commodity, whatever it may be. And I see us as working in that regard. We come in and we try our best 
By God's grace, he does the work. But we try to remove the impurities in the lives of those who listen to our broadcasts. We don't want to take you down some garden path. We don't want to give you ideas that have no reality in Scripture. What we want to do is to make you that salt and that light that Christ himself was and is. And so that's where I think we fit in. I agree with you 100% because and a lot of the resources that we have coming down the line over the coming months and into 2023 all do exactly what you're describing, Dr. Hill, and that is to be that preservative. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I love that last phrase because that speaks about exactly what we're aiming to do is to glorify our Father which is in heaven. That's our ultimate goal as a ministry. And God has given us an opportunity to shine into the darkness. As we all know, darkness is just the absence of light. Wherever light is not, darkness will take over. But we are trying to shine the light of Jesus Christ into this dark world, and we've got a lot of opportunities ahead of us to do just that. And I'm grateful for what God is lining up through this ministry, and I believe the future is bright because we have Jesus Christ with us, and we are shining His bright light into this dark world. I appreciate each and every one of our listeners And I thank those who listen and pray. And I am thankful for those who listen and pray and give. And during this time of gleanings, we need to hear from you. Now, we don't want to take all of our time talking about what we need. We want to, however, mention the fact that we do need to hear from our friends from our listeners, we do have to have giving for the work of SWRC and our Watchmen on the Wall broadcast. Without it, we cannot accomplish anything that we're trying to accomplish. We need your help, and we need your help today as the Lord would touch your heart to give. You can call us at 800-652-1144. Or you can go online at swrc.com and you can give there. That's swrc.com. Whatever it is, how much or how little, that's between you and God and we say thank you. Whatever you're going to do, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And know that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Heaven and Hell by author and broadcasting pioneer Dr. David Weber is an excellent resource that looks into heaven, 
hell, Satan, angels, and the new heaven and new earth. Order your copy of Heaven and Hell today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. Tomorrow, Dr. Kenneth Hill examines the greatest prayers of the Bible. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Dot com.